Salud a usted, hermano. Welcome back to the Keen Lake Podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now at the mention of whiskey in its title. Hey, this is Jake coming live from Chicago, Illinois, right in the middle of my basement on a beautiful, cloudy, hazy September afternoon during a month that people in the bourbon world like to call Bourbon Heritage Month. Another made-up holiday for us all to spend money on and focus our attention towards one commodity, which is bourbon whiskey. Yeah. With me today, we have Callum J. O'Donnell. Hello. Somebody who, well, uh, came on this podcast uh, almost almost a year ago. I actually think it might have been a year, four years ago. Four did years it. Ago, yeah. um, September like 14th, I think it was, or something the other day when I saw that. Oh, my God. Yep. Came on the podcast then. Thought I was a professional podcaster, which means he <laughs> thought that I only made <laughs> money by by making this podcast. No, no. I and, mean... And then um, after that first episode that we recorded, I gave him my business card. I'm like, oh, I'm actually a whiskey ambassador too. And he's like, you, I remember the look on your face. You're like, what? This confusion of Star Wars, Australia, the fact that I wasn't, I was a whiskey ambassador. Probably From the fact, Iowa. Yeah. What? You didn't even know that. I think I knew that. How would you know that? I think you probably told me. Yeah. And then about like a month or two later, you came back on the podcast uh, because someone had to supplant the Alan Clark after he just uh, you know disappeared off Chicago's face of the earth, if you will. So you stepped in. Yeah, we think he's dead. We're not sure. <laughs> um, no one's heard from him in years. No, he's good. He sells ice cream now, right? Sells ice cream. Good for him. Back in London. And you came he's back on. a chill guy. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. Sorry. Yeah. It came back on in November, I want to say, of 2019 up at Beguile, which mm-hmm. I thought we were getting that recording space back. Kevin Carey and I are having lunch tomorrow. We'll discuss terms. <laughs> Take a contract. I will. Sign. <laughs> I will. So we recorded there. At Great space, by the way. Wonderful space. I don't know what it looks like now, but I've heard it said some renovations. Came back on then and just kind of never left after that. Yeah, I'm like a bad penny. Um, I came on... So did Beguile, mm. and mm. Beguile we had a really good time. I can't remember we can't remember what it was specifically about. I think we were just talking about Abelauer at that point because the first time you came on was We've about the fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then I remember coming on again, and we did. It was like the one year and or it was the no, what was that two year anniversary? It was the one year. Yeah, it was the, the one, one year, year anniversary, well, yeah. and that was at Beguile as well. But you came on in between that, didn't you? Yeah, I came on one time up at Beguile. But that was it? That one time at Beguile and then... And then I came back on at Beguile again. That was nothing. There was nothing in between there? Uh, I can't remember. It got to have been. Could Maybe Graham think, coming out in the November for the Alba launch? I'm trying to think when that was. But I don't think he came on that time. Mm. Because I think we recorded at Wild just before the pandemic. That was air. That was January. Yes, yeah, so that'd been like a month or two before the pandemic. January twenty twenty. Yeah. So uh, I, I I can't remember when I came on, but yeah, you're right. Like I, I mean, honestly, I was probably on four or five times before the pandemic, and then the pandemic it just exploded because is that it? Everybody else had families and so on, and you and I were just like, hey, should we? Uh, let's keep us going. Should we sit by the fire? And <laughs> I kind of forgot until a few months ago. I was looking back at the podcast and i was doing two podcasts a week over the pandemic oh yeah we were pumping them out because you come over and we put suits on talking from the fireplace 
you did that a few times. The amount of times I fell asleep on that couch. <laughs> after yeah, you were telling me a story the other day that I didn't, didn't even remember. Let's see here. May of 2020. We've gone too far. No, 2019 was the first time I came on. We did a Kobe Bryant podcast. Oh, yeah, it's February. Maybe, yeah, you didn't come on that much. Or late January. Did you come? T- no, you weren't on that either. I'm looking at our podcast right now. Yeah, so you came on in... Nope, you weren't that... Oh, we did... Oh, Graham did come on in November. Right. What was that for? I think it was the... Oh, that was wild. That was that wild. Oh, it was the avalanche, right? I thought that was in the winter. I remember it being a cold day. I mean, November's pretty cold. Yeah, because you came on on the 4th of November, and then that one with Graham. Yeah, then you didn't come back on until... January. Yeah. I remember we had a really good... Yeah, was, that, that beginning of January, was we had some really good conversations. Uh, Ajay Bo, Boja uh, from High Road Spirits at the time. Taylor Cope. Taylor Cope, legend. <laughs> Chris Blantner, ever heard of him? <laughs> Kelly Nakagama's first appearance on the ever podcast. Ever heard of her? Yeah. Uh, Matt Brown makes in return. <laughs> and then you and I did the Kobe Bryant one. So, huh. Interesting. Chris back on again. Then the one year anniversary in, fe- in February. That was, that was wild. Yeah. yeah. We actually called Alan Clark that night. We did. Megan O was there. We had a great night that night. There's a lot of people there. A great time. We were supposed to replicate something along those lines on like March uh, 20th, 2020. <laughs> um, but it didn't happen. Yeah, I remember we had something in the pipeline to work with Shuba's Tavern. Oh, wow. I forgot all about that. April 20th. Does the guy still work there? April 4th. Or something. Ever hear back from him? No. <laughs> yeah, we were, all right. <laughs> yeah, we were going to do a whiskey festival at Shuba's, which is a legendary small music venue here in Chicago. Lincoln Hall, right? Same owners. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we were going to do like a 130-person whiskey festival slash live podcast. <laughs> that would have been a mess. I would have loved that. I don't know what of actually because we've done so many live podcasts since then. Yeah, and they've all been fine. And like we did a version of whiskey festivals, we did a version of this on a small level at Fountainhead. Um, yeah, we did actually in the summer of 2020. The rooftop, yeah. No, 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 the one downstairs. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, With Matt Brown and Wilson, I think. Yeah, I think Brett was there from Sagamore. Brett was there, I think. Ian was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob, Chris Blattner, Chris's wife was there. Don was there. We had them all. Had them all. Yeah. Who's I, I just saw the a picture of somebody who I forgot was. Oh, uh, who was it? I don't know. Oh, it was Andrew from the uh, Beverage Testing Institute. I was like, I saw a picture of him and I was like, I didn't know he was even there. Don't remember that. Um, I think he might have been at with Berkeladica at the time. Can't even remember. Yeah. I was like, huh. And there was another couple there I hadn't seen since then. That I still talk to on Instagram. Um, we've had a lot of. We've had a lot of. Um, yeah, but I don't know how that one would have gone because that would have been like a. They wanted to do like a straight up like whiskey festival, then a podcast of us on an elevated stage. I know, I know, that would have been fun. I sure. I don't know if anybody actually came. I had people f- coming into town for it, but yeah, yeah we 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 would have we would have figured it out. I'm mm-hmm. sure. Papered the crowd. five dollar ticket or something. Yeah, we had an Eventbrite page. Yeah, it was great. It was going to be great. Everything, but uh, yeah, let's pay- revive that. No. 
Uh, no. Do it again. Even just trying to do the live one at Delilah's. Um, ah, it's tough. The live ones are so hard. Well, the first, the first live recording that was a straight up podcast was at a beer cellar. Beer cellar, and we had a really nice turnout for that day. Great turnout. The and next... online, oh, both actually, it physically and online. Because we had a hundred people. Yeah. No, 50. 50. 50 kits. 50 kits we sent out. I think 47 to the 48 people-ish, somewhere around there, came online. We live-streamed it. And then we had like 40 people in store. Yeah, I think we had 100 people watching it on on Facebook, too. Yeah, we had a good... Like, these turnouts are good. Yeah, They're that was a good, good one. And we sold a lot of product, too, that day for all the brands did, which was nice. But it's been, I would say, probably a failure since then. <laughs> <laughs> we only had like 20 people at Delilah's, 30 people at Delilah's in and out this year but then again we kind of were stringing it along or shoestringing it together um how many what how many podcasts are we on two this would be like 236 225 or 230 yeah 236 uh, i think so i think our bourbon heritage podcast was 235 so for showing up in like episode like 30 something 40 something yeah i should have just checked that <laughs> um I've probably been on like a hundred of them. I assume. Because the pandemic, we were pumping them out. You came on on episode 35. 35. Which is funny because... Nearly 200 episodes ago. I think Graham was 31. So 200 episodes ago is when I showed up. It was I've probably been on about half since then. Maybe more. Yeah. At like, least. Because, like, 12 days of battle picks and things like that, like, when we're, <laughs> when we're getting after it. <laughs> December in the Key in the Lake world is always wild. I don't think I'll be doing... I don't... Actually, I don't know if I'm going to do the podcast after this one. Might be my last one. Why? I don't really care anymore. Well, I do care. I can't do it the way I want to do it, though. I can't mm. give enough time. It's, it's so hard when you've got a full-time job aside that. Yeah. Well, also a full-time whiskey job. Like, the, like there's. I, I used to be so... I you were know. really good at combining it. Yeah. And, like, kind of leveraging it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But it's exhausting. Because well, to I, think that you have to carve out that extra time with every guest. Yeah. So big, and know? just everything on the back end, I was fine. I basically would... Um, like once my wife would go to bed around like nine nine thirty on Sunday nights, I'd just be up to like midnight editing the editing, podcast, yeah. making all the posts for the week, doing all that kind of stuff, and then I would just do it routinely in the mornings before I would start work and just be watching like the news or whatever, and just be on my computer for like a half an hour, hour here. But then it starts taking up so much time. Um, it's fun. Don't me wrong. It's cool to do interesting conversations but i feel We've like it's super cool guests as well yeah it's just harder to get guests these days honestly that's the other thing like that's the biggest thing though it's I, booking guests and committing to at times and i've been having this and we can talk a little bit about this in a second but i've been having this with my current endeavors <laughs> where i cannot get even people that aren't bartenders even people that are market managers even people that yeah. are customer development managers even people that are like business development execs not responding to me. I'm a business development manager now. Did you know that? <laughs> Sexy. Um, it's hard, like those people. Like it's tough to get people to respond to you when it when it comes to guests on on pods and and figuring out a time and you know doing all the logistics. That's kind of why we need to hire a secretary. Lola. Yeah, and it's funny because right now I'm I have like one or two brands that I haven't responded back to because I don't want to do their. They like they ask me to have their 
brand ambassador or somebody on from their distillery and some shitty brands like Aberlour and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah and I was yeah, like, their idea doesn't make any sense for an audio podcast to put it that way. Right. Okay. And you're like, I, how do I, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll say yes to it. Those Aberlour guys, they suck. Yeah. But suck. I don't know. You're just like, I don't really care. But it is, it's, we've had so many guests that have blown us off last minute or just can't, you just can't lock them down. Um, whatever it might be, <laughs> or you might even have a co-host that just doesn't show up. I don't know, <laughs> but it's, it's like, I've had so many people be like, so I had this conversation with a lot of friends and they're like, I'll do it with you. I'm like, no, you won't. Well, like you say, no, you, it's, you, a big, it's a big commitment. I'm like, you say you will, but you live an hour away or you live on the other side of town, which is hard enough sometimes just to get to organize that between two people. I mean, when I, when I was working for Aberlour, I definitely found it easier, you know, because right. I had so much more time well, we in were the both mornings, just especially truly brand ambassadors. Oh, we had so much time to, in the morning, especially. Right. And, because, it's, and it's kind of like, it falls into our job. Yeah. And you, because every single time you're on the air, you're promoting. And right. Even if we're not really, we don't read on the air. I mean, there's so many me. times where I never even said the word Star Wars on a podcast. No, but I mean, it, it, your name is there, right? Right. Which is important. Right. Because you, you represent the brand in that capacity. And really over COVID, what we did with the podcast and our brands, we tied them together to do all these virtual tastings. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I loved those. So Also, still think back and I'm so surprised at how good people are at tasting shit. <laughs> yeah like it's unbelievable I remember we, t- we were doing Redbreast 12 and like someone like literally basically read, read, read the, the label of the bottle yeah. and I was like what they, how did they know like shit and, and it was blind yeah they didn't know they were even drinking so <laughs> it was blind yeah those were fun I don't know it's yeah it's a lot of work a lot of effort but we're not here to talk about me today we're here to talk about you because you're leaving this is your yeah, last day is, on earth um... <laughs> <laughs> People have, have wondered through the po- the post that I've been uh, putting up on Instagram over the last week if yeah. I was going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, it, it, it would probably make more sense. <laughs> um, You'll be reprised as I've had Jamal, enough Dr- Dramaladine. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's it for me. Um, I have... Getting deported. Um, <laughs> so to avoid getting deported... Um, I'm moving, so it's been five and a half, five and a bit years in 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 United States. Um, You're staying in the United States. I don't know, but four <laughs> and a half years in Chicago specifically. Right. And uh, moved here. Well, four and a bit years. Uh, moved here at the end of July 2019, mm. and yeah, just it's been amazing. Um, and now on to New York, which is. I know I'm I'm already stressed out with like trying to find a house like it's unbelievable. Tell um, me about it. Bit of a different gig as well. Um I've been lucky enough to be kind of brought on at a ground level um with a brand. Um it's a cognac brand which is at least it's a brown spirit. So before whoever's out there listening and shaking their head at me, mm. at least it's a brown spirit. And um tastes a bit like what we're drinking right now. It too. it tastes extremely I mean, I think I was definitely surprised when I when I tasted it that it was that nice, you know. And we The cognac or this con- this twenty oh. one year old whiskey. I mean, to be honest, both of these. Cheers, <laughs> by the way. Cheers. Um yeah, it's it's called Martingale. Um and it's basically gonna be a, a sort of premium high end cognac. Um 
retails at about, or will retail at about $110, $120 a bottle. We have literally sold zero cases. The bottles came off the line yesterday. I'll need to show you the videos after. Um, So we're building this brand from the ground up and it's so exciting. And um, That is exciting. And I had, it's just an opportunity I couldn't turn down. And it was also kind of tied into the fact that my current company, like they have a policy where you have to be a director, you have to manage people to be offered the green card or visa extension. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it changed. Um, it changed after a couple a couple of years ago. It didn't used to be that way. Yeah. And they offered me an extension. They offered me a green card a couple of years ago, and it was in the process, and then we had a restructure, and blah, 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 blah. It fell by the side. So it fell by the wayside. So, you know, if I'd stayed in this job, I would have been here only until June. Um, and, you know, I lo- everybody that's met me in Chicago in person um, or anybody that's met me out at festivals and so on, you'll know that I have definitely got a lust for life when it's like <laughs> out and about in the in the on trade or in the off trade even. Um, and I wanted to stay here. You know what I mean? I, I feel yeah. like, yeah. don't get me wrong, like I love Europe and I love Scotland and I, I would one day love to go back. Um, this is like your first full year in Chicago. We've had complete open availability to everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I just, I'm not ready to go back yet, you know. Right. Um, 31 years old. Uh, so there was, there's also been this kind of niggling thing at the back of my mind where I'm like, look, I don't have any responsibilities. I don't really have, (laughs) I don't have any kids. I don't have a house. I don't have like any pets. And it's like, right, well, I need to just take the plunge, you know, Mm. just go for something that go for broke, I suppose. Um, yeah. So I'm going to be launching this brand Martingale as, uh, um, as a part owner. Um, not a founder, but a part owner, um, small part owner, and a very small part owner. He's like a, the Jay Z of Martin. Gale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just not with the same clout. Yeah, um, everybody's gonna go to Brooklyn now because Jay Z's an owner. How much does he own? Oh, point zero nine percent of yeah. a percent. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, look, that's that's it. Um, Small, you know, it, it's just a regardless though. It's a humongous opportunity for me. Yeah, and it's something I'm super excited about. Um, mostly, there's there's loads of reasons for it, but mostly because the people that are bringing me in, um, namely Andy Weir. Yeah, you get who, reunited with him. Yeah. yeah, reunited with Andy Weir, who's honestly one of the most intelligent and innovative people innovative people that i've met in this industry yeah like he is he's unbelievable his knowledge of of the whiskey world is incredible his knowledge of the the spirits world in general is incredible but there's people that he has then brought on alongside with me but then also the people that brought him on are fantastic guillaume mm-hmm. and amaury thomas they own maison thomas which is the 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 company if you like that that distills this cognac um fucking french yeah the french we've got to love them um now they've been they've been making their family's been making this cognac for over 100 years and back in 2016 i think it was guillaume's grandfather at the time um basically said look when i was young we didn't have the infrastructure we didn't have the distillery we didn't have the stock to build this brand um and so he he asked guillaume he was like, there were 10 grandchildren and he was like, look, I, th- I want you to do this. 
you of all 10 of them like you're the guy that i think that i think can make this a reality mm. and you know from there it's just i think it's been in his mind and he's just been constantly one eye on the horizon like how can i make this happen and then over the pandemic i think that started to become come to fruition you know mm. um so andy and i have been talking about this for a while and it only really became real in the last like three weeks <laughs> i got approved for a visa um which they were very gracious enough to to help me out with and that's it you know it's it, it it's nerve-wracking because it's like you are you know for so long i've been following the strategy or been following someone's orders or <laughs> perno comes down with a you know an, uh, a, an idp as they call it you know development plan or they come down with like a business plan or like a business strategy or a cocktail strategy and it's like you follow that or you follow what everybody else is doing you know you you can ask someone and say hey what is what is everybody else doing with this with this brand and you can just copy that yeah but this is different it's now you're building the playbook this is i am the playbook <laughs> which is a bad bit of news ladies oh. and gentlemen that's bad news but um i think you know i remember years ago when we had a, a conversation about building brands like it was me i think it might have been the famous day here in the basement and we were talking about how what famous day when we were when i sat on the cake we all sat in the cake everybody sat on the cake but um it was one of the battle pick days suit. um and then we ended up having a really good conversation we'd had a few drinks and we were like right let's get into it uh-huh and um <laughs> one thing that i remember standing out to me was that you know despite the fact that i worked for a small brand it didn't count. Working for Aberlour doesn't count. What do you it's mean? Because it's a small brand, but you're backed by oh, a big right, amount of money. Right. That's kind of how I feel too sometimes. You know, and it's like, yeah, we are a craft brand, like, you know, and we're known as like a discovery brand and it's it's under 50,000 cases in the US. Fine. Yeah. Kill for that. But it, it it it's not, it doesn't count as like one of these sort of bootstrapped brands, you know? It's right. Been, it's, it's not J. Henry. Exactly. And, it, and because we have per no money, we have big supplier money. And yeah. it's like, we can do the big marketing campaigns. We can do all these things. Um, but now I feel like I'm staring down the barrel of that gun. But it's like, okay, really, there's no one behind this, right? Like we have, we have a great team, but it's like, okay, this is going to be, or I hope that this is going to be a labor of love for the next 10 years for me, mm. you know? And um, it comes with moving to New York. It comes with all those PCs. We are going to be able to distribute in Chicago or in Illinois, actually. So um, if anybody does want to try batch 001 when it comes <laughs> out, it'll be available October 1st. Let me know. Um, but it's exciting. I mean, it's nerve-wracking, but it's exciting as well. So I'm, I'm super happy to be going. There's obviously going to be things that I miss. Um, coming down here and getting blasted and arguing about how to build brands, um, <laughs> and we'll see now if if, if all of my previous arguments <laughs> yeah, we'll were see. correct. Yeah, yeah. If 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 I got it right or not, you know. I mean, there's you obviously more more than one ways to need to find the cognac urban urbanist. So. Yes, exactly. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll maybe I'll have have you all change your your names on Instagram. Maybe I'm going to try and compare you all to cognac lovers. But that's also another thing as well. Like one of the reasons that I fell in love with this is that when I tried it, I think I was honestly expecting this overly sweet, um, like 
typical cognac flavor mm -hmm. that you would get with a lot of the other cognacs that are on the market, especially the ones that are like really rolling in, in nightclubs and so on. But it wasn't that. And the reason for that is that that's not what we're after. We're after like, we're looking to have a taste of a product or, or build a taste of a product that is a little bit more elegant. It's got, it has those, it's got the more complexity to it. There's barely any sugar that's been added different to so many cognacs out there. And honestly, for me, I wanted, I wanted it to be selfishly something like an aged whiskey. Yeah. You know, um, and obviously cognac, very, very different from whiskey. You know, it's so hard to get, it's so hard to make a cognac because you, you have to have <laughs> land there. You have to have access to the grapes, you know, the, yep. the Petit Champagnes and the, the Fambois and the Champagnes of the world, the Borderies of the world. You have to have access to those to make mm. it. So it's so hard. But at the same time, because of those grapes being so elegant and so sought after, you can make something really nice with it. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to sampling people out, people out on it. There's definitely a bit of there's definitely a bit of apprehensiveness because I know that I know what awaits me. Like when I first moved to Chicago and it was like <laughs> the retail stores in the middle of <laughs> the middle of nowhere, and like did you do a lot of that? It, yeah, the first few months. And I guess then, I do remember you like taking Ubers like way. Yeah, 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 way out there. I didn't yeah. have a car and I was yeah. like, oh God, I got to go out to, like, I went to, to Lyle or I went to um, New Lenox. Is it New Lenox Hills or something? Yeah, there's something. I went I'd... to places like that. Like, you're, you know, an hour south of the city when you don't have a car. It's a nightmare. Right. Um, Palos Hills and stuff and doing tastings out there, which were great. Um. But I remember the work that it takes and the effort and like the late nights and, you know, and you, they always want to take you out after. Yeah, so yeah. I'm a bit apprehensive for that. But then there's also the other piece that I've really missed in the last year and a half of fine. I've, I've, I've adored the prestige sales manager role. And honestly, like everybody on our team is unbelievable. My current boss, Justin Johnson, he's been incredible as well. He's, he's managing so many people. He's stepped up to so many roles and he's killed it. But, one thing that I've missed is that right now I feel like the tanker, you know, the oil tanker that's like going mm -hmm. across the Atlantic or the Pacific or whatever it is, the big container ship. But with Aberlour, there were times that we felt like the speedboat, you know, and I miss being the speedboat, being able to change on a dime quickly, mm. change tack, you know, and then also in the oil tanker, I'm working in the bottom of the ship, whereas in the speedboat, <laughs> there's only four seats in that thing. You know, you're in the back skiing, baby. Uh, <laughs> I'm out the back skiing on the skiing on the waves. You know, and I miss that. So, I'm excited, man. It is. No, I, I'm, yeah, I'm glad. I'm happy for you. Um, it's always. I mean, it's a challenge to build new brands. Trust, yeah. trust me. <laughs> yeah. But it's. I, I I waver with it so much. You know, I don't think it's a surprise or a shock. Even if someone from my company is listening to this and being like, brands have approached me for other jobs. Yeah, of course. Part of life. And big ones, smaller ones, same size, kind of everything in there. Yeah, that 21-year-old, ooh, red breast, hits the spot. But you're like, I told a very, 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 very well-known brand, whiskey brand, bourbon brand, they approached me about coming to work for them. And I'm pretty sure Dave was only like an ear shot away when they did this at an event one time. And I just kind of sat there and like listened to this guy, give his pitch, and I think every person who has a bourbon Instagram page would say, this is the cathedral of jobs. And 
sure, you can think that. But I told this person, I'm like, that's cool. But everything I get to do for my brand right now for Star Wars. Which you enjoy. Which I enjoy. Yeah. And which is creative. And like you said, being that speedboat, I could never do for you guys. I would be only putting out fire and selling vodka, essentially. Giving it away right there. But uh, I'm like, it, it doesn't sound fun. I, you and I were talking earlier about like I'm, I'm a whiskey purist when it comes to a lot of this. I love selling the selling the idea of Star Wars or whatever brand. You're an educator I, or, at heart, right? Yeah. Exactly, and like I love building cocktails. I can help you build cocktails, even though I'm not a bartender by trade. Shocker out there, because <laughs> um, apparently, according to some some brand ambassadors, you can only be a you can only be a brand ambassador if you're a bartender. I think this needs more line. That was my bartender move. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> That's the only thing I say. This needs more citrus. One more dash of bitters. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you should shake this for longer. Ah, uh, Pashad, Pashad. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it it it's a really great to have the freedom and flexibility, and to see your ideas being implemented, e- good or bad. Even they don't even work because if it don't work, good. You get to say that didn't work. We'll readjust. And figure out something differently because it's all on you. I mean, one of the things that I loved when I was a brand ambassador is immediate feedback. Oh, it's right? the best. You get that immediate feedback. You say a joke in a taste then, or you say something in a sales meeting, or you pitch something in a market meeting, and it just imme- you immediately know. That's why Moonlight is a stand-up comedian. <laughs> you can say drag queen. We're not fussed. We know that you're that close to Boys Town. I know that you're up there singing. That's why we live here. A whole new world. Um... <laughs> But but I, I miss that immediate feedback. The, the role that I have right now is fantastic. Um, and we're very lucky at Pernod Ricard to be like so well supported across like not just from the business perspective, but across everything, like from like HR, like holidays, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, the French. The, les Français. But I do miss having a real say in what's going on for the business as a whole. Now, obviously, I can have a say in my personal individual businesses because that's essentially what I'm doing in my role is like I'm running business for 65 accounts but for our products but knowing what's coming down the pipeline from a marketing perspective is so important and having a mm. say in that is cool it's you know? great and that's what I'm looking forward to um, do you think you'll be able to well how long do you think it'll take you to build relationships like you have in Chicago I mean, New York's a different kettle of fish. Yeah. You know? um, I think I, it's a really important thing to focus on. It's like how different the two markets are. And that's why, you know, when we were thinking of moving to New York a couple of years ago, and I don't know if I would have had a job with Star Wars, but I also know from experience of going on sales calls with our sales team or working with Katrina, who is my counterpart in New York, it's in a completely different approach to your day. It's a completely mm-hmm. different animal when it comes to the markets. You just can't show up to a bar. On I was going to say that. That's the number one thing. You need an appointment. I have shown up to bars with appointments and people are like, what are you doing here? Walked out. And I'm like, I'm here to see Tony. And they're like, do you have an appointment? I'm like, yeah. Where is four o'clock? Like, it's 3.55. Come back in four minutes. Yeah, literally, yeah, that's the mentality, yeah. I mean, that, that, I think that's the one thing that I've definitely focused on. I don't know if it was maybe you that maybe had told me that before. Um, of course it was. Top me up, daddy. Um, I think it was probably you that told me that. But 
Woodenville Whiskey, the sponsor of the podcast, <laughs> and the Glengarren. Um, but I, that's definitely something that's been playing on my mind. One thing that I'm less apprehensive about is that I feel that the bar scene, the on-premise scene, is really that way. But the off-premise scene... Hustlers. Yeah. They just, they're like, look, let you want to do something? Yeah. Like, show me what you got. Let's see it. You know, whereas the on-premise, they're being bombarded, bombarded by reps all the time. It's the number one and, city in the world for spirits. And, and I would also say for hospitality experiences, right? Maybe Tokyo, maybe London. Sure, sure, sure. They're up there. But like, I think almost for any industry, people you, people want to live in New York at some stage. Yeah, right? it's, it's the most expensive city like in the world to live in for a reason. And it's, it, you know, I, I think there's definitely a thing for me that if people keep saying to me, they're like, why do you have to go to New York? You know, why do you have to go to New York? And I'm like, to be closer to Scotland, damn it. <laughs> um, to be closer to Kieran Tierney, Andy Robertson, mm. Scott McTominay. Um, but Kieran Tierney really needs a move. For, oh, yeah, he does. Everton. Not Everton. <laughs> I, if my buddy Paul, he loves Arsenal. If he ever hears me talking about him like that way, oh my God. Um, but I, I want to go to New York because not only is it the heart of the in our industry, right? Like there's so much that can be gained there. Yeah. Both from, not just from a distribution standpoint, but from like a clout standpoint. Yeah. But also New York, when we actually talk about really building volume, really building sales, New York's a fantastic place to do it because... The independence there, retail wise, it's all independent. It's there's no, there are no chains totals, are allowed. There's no binnies. There's no Bevmo. There's no like, there's none of these. There's not. I there's mean, no Jewel Osco. Th- exactly. Even even the places that do have multiple locations, they all have independent licenses, yep. and it's like, it's so important. Um, but then they cross across the the river. Yeah, different story. Across the state line. Um, so. I'm excited. I'm really excited. But it is going to be a huge culture shock because here in Chicago, You'll you get fine. away with murder, you know? What do you mean? I don't, you don't get away with murder. You but killing you, people on the side? Well, I mean, you kind of get away with that. But um, Are you the guys killing all the 25-year-old dudes and throw them in the water? I am the 25-year-old dudes. Well, maybe no, not anymore. Not. I'm close. I'm close. Um, I think I'm closer than you are. No. <laughs> um, but there's... You can definitely, like, here, if you've got a 15-minute appointment, you can text them 30 minutes before and be like, hey, like, my, oh, my yeah. old appointment's running slow. Like, do you mind if we push? And That's... they'll be like, oh, yeah, I've got someone after you. But, yeah, we can do it. No problem. Yeah. In New York, you can say goodbye to that. Like, you've sure. probably got one shot at going in there. Right. You can say, like, hey, I'm running five minutes behind, but... Yeah. I mean, do you get 10 minutes then? Yeah, you, don't get, exactly. you don't get 15 minutes. Yeah, they're not going to push your time. Yeah, they're yeah. going to push anyone else back. Right. Um, so that there's there's definitely going to be those changes. And then also there's there's also going to be the change that my role is going to be less consumer and client focused and it's going to be much more like distributor focused, which okay. I can only imagine you're not the only person going, let's listen to this, I presume. Um, well, so, I, just, I, just, I just love distributors. <laughs> so... There's also going to be that piece. And I think managing that relationship is going to be the biggest learning curve for me here. Mm. You know, like learning to manage that well. Um, one thing I'm genuinely looking forward to is not being in the trade as much. Like I love being out and about. Yeah. But like six hours a day for the last, you know, at least Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for the last however many years as we... Well, Lola, what are you eating? Well, no. 
Good. You're fine. She's just yeah. get her ball. <laughs> so oh, she's brought it over to me. You missed that. Lovely, darling. Yeah. Um. So there's also that piece that I'm looking forward to learning that and how to manage the distributor properly and how to build a real relationship with them. Because like, yeah, don't worry, don't get me wrong, I do that now, but it's really it's really a local, like, single rep to rep level. Right. Rather every, than yeah. a program level. Rather yeah. than, like, a whole division level. Yep. Which is what I'm looking forward to. You know? Good for you. Um, I would never want to do that. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I could see your face. But, like... But it is, I mean, it is just a different thing of dealing... It, we can't get distributor top. If you've never been a distributor... If you've never been a whiskey or a spirits rep, it's... Yeah, it's hard to explain. But it will be a whole different approach and a whole different market to deal with, but... Um, where are the where's Cognac at and the popularity of spirits? I haven't even really researched it. It's been a it's been I a mean, few it's, years. So the Shankin came out with a report, or Mark Brown. I, I know I always say Shankin and Mark Brown because I read them both in the morning. Yeah. And I forget who it was, but they they have it doubling before twenty twenty eight. Right now it's about five point two billion dollars. Okay, um, worldwide in the US. Oh really? And they have it going to about ten point four between now and twenty twenty eight. Um, you say billion. Yeah. Really? It's wild. Didn't know it was that big. Well, you, I mean, maybe it was the whole world, but you also forget, like, Hennessy is a true absolute beast. Yeah, Our goal at Martingale is to own a little bit under than 2% of the whole cognac market. In the US? Uh, yeah. But I'll also be... You'll be like the Sam Adams of cognac. <laughs> I also will have one small eye on the on the rest of the world. I'll have I'll be trying my best to sell cognac just in small bits and pieces obviously I'm going to be completely 100 my 99% of my focus is going to be in 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 the US on the east coast so I will be coming back to Chicago every so often God damn. and that'll be the time for me to go out to you know to places like you know to go and see Steve right out there or to go and like maybe even talk to Gene you know talk to people that I really value as retailers and say look um, is there a chance that you want to taste this? And if you do, like, can I pop in? And if they like it, do they want to buy a couple of balls? You know. Yeah. Um, we won't. I won't be going into Benny's anytime soon. Obviously. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. And I don't. I don't want to get too much in the weeds here. But what happened when I first joined Aberlar is that, and obviously Benny's is going to be something that's that's on the horizon. Yeah. But we're so new. Right. And one of the things that happened with Abelard that made made a real impact on me was we we pulled out of our relationship with Costco up in uh, Washington, okay. um, Washington State, um, early on. And it was a big decision. And it was something that I even had a, a hand in just chatting about it. You know, I was, they, they kind of, they bounced things off of me for it. And when I heard the reasoning behind it, it was that these massive chains can be so quick to kill your brand. Now, I know that they are the reason that we love those chains, that they, they do they pump through so much volume and they help us with all these kind of pieces and you can get so many outlets, so many placements in one go, so many cases in one go. But they can sell our product for a lot cheaper than the independents can. Yep. And you know, I think as before we've had arguments do you build brands in the on-premise versus the off mm -hmm. i think there's also an argument to be had do you build brands in independence versus the chains you know right in and certain I, markets you don't have no control in that 
Of course, of course. Um, especially like control states and so on like that. But like a market like New York, that's also one of the reasons that I think it's so important. Yeah. Because every store you go into, they're making their own decisions. Yep. They are the, they're, they're controlling their own destiny. They're living by their own sword, if you like, right? Or and dying by their own sword, I suppose. So those are important pieces to me. Really important, actually. So when I come back to Chicago, to Illinois... I'll definitely want to start with the independents um, and the people that, you know, I value their opinions on 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 spirits. Um, I don't know if Gene will even let me in the door, uh, but I'll probably call Zach and be like, yeah, Zach, please, if I beat you in pool. <laughs> you play, Which, have you played him yet? No, it sounds like I would never, like, it sounds yeah. like he can seriously play. Like, he's there all the time. He goes to the pool club. He I'm probably has a glove league. or something. Yeah, and he, I think he has his own cue and everything. I'm like, God damn. Okay. Um, <laughs> so there's that. But I would, I, I really would have loved to have played him, but there's no point in me trying now because I'm literally flying out to New York tomorrow. Should we call him? Should we call Zach? Like, see if he wants to play right now? Right now. One last game. <laughs> the first One and last, last time. <laughs> um, so, no, I, I mean, I'm really excited. And I think, you know, a lot of people in... in that have been in my position or will be in my position will look forward and be like, wow, one day I would love to have a piece of the pie in a brand and build my own thing because you're truly building something for yourself rather than for a Diageo or a Pernod Ricard or whoever it might be. Mm -hmm. Um, But it comes with all these questions that you have to start answering, you know, and it's like, it's fun, but it's, it's also like, shit, what have I done? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure that all of us who are regulars in this podcast said we'd never own our own brand. Yeah, I think I think I've definitely said that as well at some stage. So it's why, just so much work. So why now? Yeah, I mean, it's just there's there's. I mean, you are building the distillery. I think that's what we are usually speaking of. Like, will we all start our own whiskey distillery? And the answer usually is no. I don't have to do any of that. Right. We have this thing's been going for hundred like the infrastructure years. is already built. You know, yeah. I think it started in the night the, the teens in the 1900s, right? So they've been wholesaling for many 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 years mm. um but they haven't been they haven't had their own brand and that's i suppose that's the difference right building your own brand owning your own brand or being a part owner in an, in your own brand or starting exactly from scratch like we have no whiskey resting in any bottles or anything like that you know right so but no i mean the whole point of this is that I'm not going to be in Chicago any longer. So, you know, anyone that <laughs> listens to this podcast, I'm sure you've heard me. It's too late. He's gone. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard me laughing too loudly into the mic, shouting over people, talking over people. And as Wilson said in the other podcast, just saying unintelligible things, which in my head, they're not unintelligible, but I'm blaming the accent for that. Um, and at least I speak in the microphone, Wilson. Okay? That's true. Take that. He had a lot of complaints on the last podcast he was on. From, from listeners could yeah. you tell him to speak in the microphone but you know we're six and a half a dozen because at least people can understand him it's true and he speaks mexican this is it this is true uh, but no i've had a great time and i've met so many great people through this pod that's a, that a fun thing about this podcast like the yeah, people we meet so many good times yeah I, my i i still maintain that my favorite times have been the trips whether they're whether they're just an hour to Glen Ellen, or whether they're further afield, all the way up to Whiskey City. What's tri- what trip to Glen Ellen? Like, even if it's just we're going down out to do Whiskey Live, 
Okay. Or whatever that was, World Whiskey Day in May of 2021. Oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. The beer seller stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. If it's stuff like that, like, even just the short trips, or even when, you know, when we've been recording outside of the the Keen Lake recording studios. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's always fun. You know, like... Whiskey City. The Fountain Day, the Fountain um, Head Days. Yeah, that was was epic. I was just looking back at photos of that, and... Whiskey City was my by far and away one of the best moments I, of my last four years though. Like going up there, getting like the most VIP tour of all VIP tours. From it's funny the thinking back that we did not meet them until that day. I mean, it didn't feel like that though. No, 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 no. That's what I mean. Like how strange it is looking back. Because <laughs> even the next time I was up there by myself, I just like walked in. No, no, I'll hit it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we worked. No there. one stops me. Like, do you remember though? I had a work call, yeah, yeah beforehand. Yeah, yeah. I actually had a work call with a distributor, and I remember being on the call. And they were like, "Where are you?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm in Wisconsin." <laughs> they were like, "What the hell are you doing in Wisconsin?" And I was like, "To be honest, I don't really know. I don't know." Yeah, that's a good, a good point. And then like, and then catching up with Joe, like hanging out in the city. The like, best part was, Madison. and COVID didn't exist up there, so yeah, I know that was fantastic. We, remember we went to that whiskey tasting? There was like forty-five of us in a room. um, at J. Henry oh that's right the next day (laughs) we were like uh, we were out there I remember we brought our masks in and then and we were like wait a minute we didn't have these don't exist we had had, yeah yeah, they were like nah it's fine we don't no that was fun yeah we were out late pretty late we're on the Guinnesses you went running with me in the morning oh my god I still will never forget that (laughs) I remember you think you went home like an hour before me did I? I think you went home slightly earlier than me because of my first memory is waking up and you know that way when you're drunk and you wake up and you're like where am i yeah and i remember just seeing you standing in the bed and you were like i'm going running and i was like <laughs> what time is it and you were like oh it's 6 30 and i was like or 6 a.m and yeah. i was like go back to bed <laughs> where that's we're on holiday <laughs> what was the uh the the breakfast thing we had that pizza remember that oh yeah yeah it was almost like a ciabatta yeah, 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 it was very tasty. From that little hole in the wall. Yeah, I remember. And I remember there was like a a sign on the because ca- Madison's the capital. We were staying downtown, right by the capital, and there was a sign that said "Stop Asian Hate," but they spelled Asian wrong. Oh God. A I S I A I N. It's like ah, oh, darn it, so close. But I, I, you know, I genuinely have had so many good times on this, and there's too many people to mention. Obviously. Big big ups to Wilson, you know, hey young world. Um but no seriously, like big ups to Wilson for obviously when we started it was we were we were kinda of triple teaming it for a while. Mm. Chris Blantner. Legend. What a guy, you know. Um I'm following his he's become a little bit more con- controversial recently on Instagram. Has he? Well not not controversial, I suppose, like but it. he's just kind of like he's putting things that are a little bit more polemic out there like it's like oh like what do you guys think if we did this or maybe we, oh, yeah, maybe yeah. we don't need to use virgin oak and people are like yeah, you know? yeah so that's kind of cool to see his growth in that department yeah um and then also like big 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 stars like um bob yeah bob saved us i mean that was huge yeah it was <laughs> I, can admit, I can admit it now <laughs> um when we had so uh we started the podcast we were recording at beguile which is a brewery here in chicago and then um 
we record my where did we record I don't even know where we I guess we only recorded at Beguile to be honest because we never recorded at my house we would occasionally do accounts Occas- occasionally accounts occasionally at my house occasionally like we did we did wild that time we yeah. did the Langham that time yeah yeah so it was a little bit of accounts and a little bit a little bit my house but most of the time it'd be like three o'clock on friday which is the best way to get guests people, people would ask when do you record i'm like three o'clock at beguile just like show up and you know we'd have a pint or two before and a pint or two after and next thing you know it'd be like 8 p.m and we'd be three sheets to the wind but uh we started recording there and then over covid we started off just recording in my my living room and there was all zoom calls for the most part or calum would come over and we'd randomly recording somebody in california at like 10 o'clock at night our time that kind of stuff um and then in june once bars and restaurants opened up i just wanted to get the perspective of those people so i obviously asked bob who i think he'd only been on the podcast a couple of times um and was like hey we're just you know a lot of they had a real community going there as well right there's a real community of people that were starting to kind of like oh like fountainhead has a rooftop like right we everyone's like okay well they can be open and they have like one of the best bars in the city so let's just go there so i asked bob i'm like do you want to record a podcast and talk about everything that's been going on he's like yeah sure and so (laughs) underlyingly not the reason why i had him on but underlyingly i thought if this goes well, maybe Bob will ask us to record here from now on if we need a place. <laughs> and literally at the end of the podcast, he's like, if you guys need a place to record like during COVID, because this is June of 2020, like, you can record up here. I was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, it'd be, it'd be fun. I'm like, like, like Friday afternoons to kind of come up. I'm like, would you co-host with us? Because I actually wanted him to co-host because I love having him on. He's brilliant, yeah. Yeah, and he had co-hosted a one or two podcasts with me beforehand in the past year and a half so he's like yeah yeah and then that just like started an entire summer through the fall of recording podcasts until actually till the winter till the winter through the winter we did a few of the uh that was the first year we did the 12 days of barrel picks we did a few episodes as they were literally closing down unfortunately oh, rest in peace um in december when they still had the building because they had the the lease through the year yeah, um, the November fourteenth was their official last night something like that we did a bunch of the recordings upstairs when it was like 35 degrees in the oh, last man, couple of nights those last but the heaters on cold. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, which was a pleasure you know it's 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 an establishment in a place we actually absolutely love but yeah for Bob to have us and his brother Aaron who's the owner of Fountainhead um, it's amazing to see them back with uh, Green Post so happy they're there but yeah we had all our friends up there Ambrosia Kat Samu um, obviously Wilson was there Jamie was there quite a bit Jamie D yeah um, the mother of the mother of dragons of the podcast but yeah, I mean, that's it, man. Like, just I've met so many good people and we've had great memories on it. So I'm just chuffed to have been a part of it. You know what I mean? It's especially over the pandemic. Ooh. My God, <laughs> if I didn't have I don't know what I don't know what would have happened to me over the pandemic if I hadn't been coming up to your place. Yeah, because yeah. that was literally for f- like three months. That was my only contact with people. It was a strange time until early June. Like I'd bet the only time, the only other times that I was remember going the out, first uh, street festival or whatever that was in my neighborhood. Wild, because we were the. It was the first thing open in Chicago. Was my block the block party? Yeah, it was literally my block in Chicago. Of all of Chicago land, was the only thing open. People would be driving in from the suburbs. All this shit. I remember. I remember going down and like for like literally less than half a kilometer of street. Yeah, there was like twenty thousand people. Yeah. And it was like 
people were passed out on the sidewalks and like <laughs> they were like leaning against the windows and that and that we were like guys it's three in the afternoon yeah, like yeah. what are you doing it's only been three months it hasn't been like I know. three years but people forgot how to mental. behave themselves but that was yeah it was an interesting time no it was but i remember you know you say it was such a amazing outlet for you to come over and just talk to me and Brittany and Wilson would come over a little bit here and there, but his girlfriend at the time was immunocompromised. So yeah. he didn't come out too much. Um, but yeah, you know, it was huge for me too. Cause like you were the only person I saw outside of my wife. You know, <laughs> I remember one of my best friends used to live in our neighborhood and I saw her and her kid at the park. This is probably like, it was it was nice outside. I don't know, probably early. Took the dog out or something. Yeah, early spring, late or early early summer, late spring of 2020. I saw her in a park, and she was with another mom and, and kid. And I was afraid to go over and say hi because yeah, at the time we didn't know how to act. Yeah. And so I didn't, and I literally did. And then she moved like a few months later. I didn't see her for like two and a half years. I ran into her out in Wheaton one day randomly. But it's like, it, that sucked. Like, you couldn't even say hi to your friends because people didn't know what to do at the time. Fake especially news. with a kid. Fake news. No. Um, <laughs> but especially with a kid, though. Yeah, right, right, right. So, yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't It was just, you know, obviously it was good for you, but it was also, it was good for us, too. Because, I mean... Have someone else in yeah. like, that isn't either of you. And actually, like, I, I was shocked how well her and I got along <laughs> over COVID. Like, yeah. we didn't really have, like, huge blow-ups and fights. I think both because we were full fortunate to be working still. Yeah, and she that. was she was more busy then than she ever. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're running marketing for a giant company. Like every day is like a pivot towards something else and doing and this. And that, that. that was the thing as well. Like the marketing was like everybody was on their phones. Yeah. So yeah, everybody was on their phones. So no, finally when that ended and be able to go to Fountainhead and just hang out with people. I remember there were some days we'd show up. And no one would have any energy. Like just people were defeated, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. And we'd just show up and Bob would open the door. We'd walk upstairs. I'd turn the microphones, I'd plug it in everything, get it all ready. And then you have like a beer. Oh. And Per minute for the next four hours. <laughs> we weren't that bad. But. There were a few times that we went up to Fountainhead and I was like, I cycled over there. Yeah. 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 And it was like three, maybe. Yeah. When we got there. And from three o'clock until like eight o'clock when I cycled home, mm -hmm. it was like, yeah, we're just going to have the mics on and just, I remember sometimes they'd open <laughs> and we have that table just sitting there on the end of the bar yeah, and they'd be open for like two hours and the microphones would still just be sitting there. Like nobody, had, I, I didn't collect it at all or anything and it'd just be hanging out and people would, it was, you know, one of the few bars that was open at the yeah, time. I mean, so everyone came there. So you just run into old friends. I can't remember when our first beer was after. But I remember talking about how good Fountainhead had been, and we were sitting at Max on Division. I was just gonna say that was the first legal beer we had. Yeah, it was wild. I remember one night I went to uh, Camp Cups with Danny and uh, I did. A, I did a late night with Danny one night. It was this was like end of April. We were probably six weeks in the pandemic, and Danny's like, "We're at Camp Cups." Um, I think we were gonna photograph something. Something. He's like, "Can you drop off whatever this is? I, whatever it was?" So I came down. I like literally just like got up and like got the car keys and like ran out. And he's like, "Where are you going?" I'm like, uh, "I'm just gonna King Cups for like a little bit to give something to Danny." And I came back like five hours later. <laughs> yeah. And all I had was like three pony high lives. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, <laughs> but it was oh, yeah. It was just, I'm in a bar. Yeah, it was just fun to be in a bar and hanging out. We had the door open, and we were cleaning up stuff. And every people would pop in. I'm like, "Are you guys? Are you guys open?" 
probably 15 people came by in that time yeah. frame. You're like, oh no. They have a good local crowds. Yeah. If you're just like dying to come back. But no, there's been, uh, there's been a lot of friends that have come on and it's, it's really cool to like, meet friends and, you know, things start off as a podcast guest, you know, people like Steve Malloy becomes yeah. a friend and all that kind of stuff and go on a trip together to Kentucky and those kind of people and people we met across the entire United States too, from this podcast. So it's wild. And I'll definitely miss it. Um, when I come back, I'll make an effort to, to, to jump in and be like, maybe even if it's just 30 minutes or 40 minutes, if it, if it exists, <laughs> well, uh, I hope so. And then if also, you know, if you're ever in New York, I know that you're not in New York a lot, but if you're not as much there, as I used to be, baby, if you're ever out there, you know who to call. There's the a there's a rumor that we might be going there for Thanksgiving. Well, you know who else is going there? Mike O'Donnell and Leslie O'Donnell will be there for Thanksgiving. And Jamal Adine. Well, nope. As long as as long as you the French, know, the French, I've vetoed a name. The French bicycle rider will not be there. I don't think he was French. Cyclist, I think he was Bulgarian, Bulgarian, even better. Jamal Adine Japrov. He doesn't sound French. No, I think he was. I think he was Bulgarian or something. I think I just assumed he was French because of the uh, Paris de France, whatever you call it. Yeah, very true. Tour very de France. True. You know what I call bicycle riders who are douchebags in Chicago? Tour de douches. Tour de douche. I'm like, I'm a white dude, that douche. But um, no, it's been great, man. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly. I have some rapid fire questions. Oh no. <laughs> Official. Do you actually have some rapid fire? Questions? Oh yeah. Just show me quickly, so I know you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, Irish or Scotch? Scotch, obviously. Mm. The uh, you know the the long winded answers that there are some Irish whiskies, namely this this brand that have completely blown my socks off. But obviously Scotch. I mean, nothing's going to be like the Aberdar sixteen. Or nothing's going to be mm. like the Glenmorangie, the Signet. Nothing's going to be the Springbank 10-year-old, yeah. stuff like that. Even some of the Glenfarclas numbers, they've all <sighs> blown me away. Best neighborhood in Chicago? Wow, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, I think it's River North. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of Tao? Have you guys ever heard of Tao? Um, no, best neighborhood in Chicago I'm gonna I'm gonna do one that I frequent often and one that I don't get out to enough. Okay. One that I frequent often, Wicker Park. Absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Great bars. Queen Mary. Give me a shout out. High low. Queen Mary. Queen Mary Tavern. Yeah. On really? Oh, I love it. Um, I've never been there with you. I, I fantastic. I have always we? go there. Like maybe we have. And then Sportsman's as well. Like I know I have a love hate now with it, but it was fantastic when I used to go there. Were we like talking to somebody the other day about how we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Um, um, so Are we Wicker, sober? Huh? Are we sober? No. Okay. Um, uh, Wicker, love it. Absolutely love it. Great restaurants. It's also got one of my favorite restaurants, the sister restaurant of Tango Sewer, um, which is, oh my God, I'm completely blanking. Folklore on the corner. Yeah. Fantastic restaurant. Think, oh, wow. The Argentinian Grill. No, we've been, been there. Um, I We just drove by there the other day and I asked Brittany, I'm like, where do you go back there? She's like, oh, in a heartbeat. I was oh, like, oh, so oh, good. I know you like that much. The little, um, the empanadas they oh. do, outrageous. Fantastic, yeah. Um, and across and the street then, from Queen Mary. And the, exactly. And then my, my one that's like a little bit out of left field, uh, Little Village. Yeah. 
don't go don't get down there enough has one of my favorite liquor stores in the city with morenos yeah obviously everybody loves ositos tap but then it has some of my favorite mexican the spots. best mexican yeah and totonilco and la chaparrita if you're listening and not from chicago visiting don't suggest you're down there by yourself <laughs> unless you speak fluent spanish um uh, i get away with it <laughs> Best pour of Guinness in Chicago. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't believe you're doing this to me. This is bad. <laughs> this is really bad. Oh, my God. So, the short list is as follows. <laughs> Fado's is really good. I know people don't want to say it, yeah. but Fado's is fantastic. True. Corcoran's and Galway Arms. Corcoran's in Old Town. Galway Arms is just like down, the street, yeah. down the street from here. Met Bertie there. Huh? Met Brittany there. You did, first date. So, was it first date? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I have to say, I'm vetoing, I'm, I'm cutting Fado, because it's not always top top tier. Ours is pretty good, though, compared to the rest of the ones I've been to in the country. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I, Chicago's obviously going to have a great port of Guinness. Yeah. And then it's between Galway Arms and Corcoran's. I recently did this. I had a pint at Corcoran's and then I had a pint at Galway Arms. Really? Yep. It, within like, I took a bike. So it was within, it was within eight minutes of each other. Wow. Well, if you I include the you, poor I time. Can, I can tell you the worst place to get a poor Guinness. <laughs> including the poor time, it was probably 25 minutes between each pint. Right. Um, <laughs> and, or between finishing one pint and, and finishing the other. And I'm going to say Galway Arms. Wow. I think it's the Galway Arms. I'm so sorry for everybody else, but like it's the Galway Arms. It's Mark is the Mark effect. It is it might be the Mark effect, honestly. He's convinced it's Galway Arms, but he worked there for but he worked at Fado though. Did he? He worked at Fado as well. That. So, you know, kind of trust him. Lovely guy. Yeah. Where's the worst pint? I'll leave leave it off the list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it might be an account of mine. Any other fast fast responses? Uh, well, nothing's been a fast response. No, sorry. But I, I have plenty, plenty of more questions. AJ's or the Globe? AJ's. Oof. Please. Oof. The Globe is good, but AJ's has something to it. Also, you know, it, 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 we've been there so much more together than True. anyone else. I don't know if I've actually been to the Globe with you. Um. Well, one and the most recent time that I remember that I was at the Globus, I met Bob at the back, bar, oh, yeah. and I was like, "This is amazing." But they also do a lot more business with us. But AJ Hudson's has got it's it is the soccer bar in um, in uh, Chicago. Mm, not Fado. No, they're united. They're united. Um, let's see what else. What else do we have? Chicago summer or Chicago winter? Oh God! <laughs> I mean, look. You don't even. You left the first winter you lived here. Yeah, I've left the only winter that was really bad, because this that last one bad. we had wasn't bad at all. I mean, we had forty-eight days of grey. There was no sunlight was for this years. Yeah, that was horrible. That was depressing. But was but, it, it wasn't that cold. It didn't snow. But twenty twenty to twenty twenty one was the, the 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 winter that we had like like eight feet. It was wild of snow. That's when you left, right? Yeah, I left. Oh yeah, because we had like twenty. Some straight days. That was kind of the catalyst of you being like, I'm out of here. It's been a lot of things. Not (laughs) not the gang violence. (laughs) Not that at all. Let's see. What else we got? Um, Beguile or Fountainhead recording? Fountainhead. Come on. Oh. Sorry, Beguile. They're both out of our hearts. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know that Beguile is the OG. Yeah. But Fountainhead was the one that I spent all my time at. Yeah. And Cat and like, you know. 
yeah ball but they just made it like everybody made it such a good time tough one remy or lola oh man there's no i i love i love them both to death but obviously my first love was remy like lola's absolutely gorgeous she's one of my favorite dogs in the world but remy i think the reason that remy had my heart so much was that she hated everyone you're the only person she liked <laughs> she hated everyone but she for didn't some hate reason, pe- she just didn't care for it like yeah like why are you here there were two i think there were outside of you and Brittany. there were two people she yeah. got up for it was. And it was me and wilson you and wilson yeah like and i don't know why but we had a we had a connection matt brown let her skateboard one time so she kind of started like him i was gonna bit. say she, he, she probably loved that there you go matt brown or wilson <laughs> i mean you know to quote to quote the early episodes of the podcast fuck matt brown um but no i'm totally kidding these guys are amazing and i'm so chuffed that they also are doing their own things or they're doing you know they're working with small brands yeah um obviously dancing goat very close to my heart and you know Ooh. i love um like rest the restoration bottle and everything and honestly the Mart- martingale bottle is is like has some of those aspects to it mm. the dimples and so on but i really loved watching wilson work with union horse as well it was a really cool example to see like a, castle and key's fantastic yeah but like castle and this is no offense to wilson castle and key would exist in chicago without Wait, wilson yeah union horse does not exist in chicago now without him yeah he he and he had some really good placements got some really good stuff I still, where was I at the other day? Oh, uh, Little Walk down here in the corner. Oh, yeah. They have, th- they have two Union Horse cocktails still. I'm like, <laughs> how did you land? Th- how do they still have this? Just ha- pumping through volume, probably. Uh, I'm sure he probably, yeah, I probably sold them like in like four cases of rye and they're like, yeah, still getting through this. Yeah. Not a big, not a big whiskey account, I don't think, down there at the Little Walk. I think there's a, there's, there's another couple of like classics. Um, you know, if I was going to recommend anything to, to someone coming to Chicago. I was going to ask you, yeah. What are your recommendations? You know, I think there's a few things that you, you know, if, let's say we can give someone five recommendations. Number one would be, you know, you if you're a big whiskey person, you got to go to Delilah's. Okay, I don't care who you are. Like, hmm. you got to go in there a couple of times. you got to go in and see it. Did you show up last Thursday? No, I wasn't. I was working, <laughs> though. I was working at the same time. Um, I can only imagine what it was like. I tried leaving for an hour. Yeah, yeah. I'm not um, sure how many people I saw on the way out. I think the other thing as well is don't underestimate the beach in the summer. Yeah, and cool. by don't underestimate, what I mean is Rent don't expect there to be any space to lie down. Um, I also think, you know, don't write Chicago's winters off. There's something about showing up at a local when you've mm. had to wrap up and head down. Like, yeah, for me, Archie's Tavern on Rockwell. It's on my same street. Oh, you know it just like three blocks down that's the one that we would go to free pool table never fails me by the way uh junior the guy who runs the bodega uh what? junior puerto rico food and liquor yeah yeah um if you're looking to get free shots on a friday night just head down there <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean that's also another thing that like i would recommend these small little neighborhood yeah. shops stores Chicago, while it might not have the quantity of quality places that like a New York or an LA or Miami has, yeah, what it does have in abundance is like the Midwest hospitality. Um, so don't be scared to to find yourself having a Chicago handshake in the winter. Um, 
My number four is Red Light Chicken. Red Light Chicken is, it's on Sheffield. Down it the is from a baby. small red um, hole in the wall fried chicken shop. The menu is tiny. You can get nuggets, fried chicken sandwich, and fries. It is outstanding. The food is outstanding. The guy that runs it's called Patrick. If you go online on a Google reviews, you'll see a review that I once left for him on my birthday while I was drunk. I was um, leaning against the uh, toilet door because it was locked and I was waiting for the person to come out and I wrote this review. It is a stellar review. Mm. Take that. Take a look at that. If you're ever having a sad day and you want to laugh at me. When's your birthday? May 11th. Oh yeah, I knew that. Yeah, we were in Hilo. Oh yeah. Um, I was in Hilo the other night. Uh, yes, I know. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> and then my last piece um, would be, you know, Chicago has this reputation of being super violent and everything and don't get me wrong there are horrible stories of gang violence and so on but the people here are fucking unbelievable Mm -hmm. like the people are absolutely unbelievable i wish i had a sixth and i could say that chicago fire are going to win the mls Mm. next year i feel like that's probably a bit of a stretch i think the bears have a better chance of winning the super bowl and we that's not gonna happen one thing i will say is as my five plus one or number six is just don't bother going to Soldier Field when it's <laughs> when it's fucking December or January. Like it's just or this, May. Or, like it's disgusting. It's so cold. It's one of the coldest experiences of my life. Um my five plus two is, you Ooh, know, if you're ever cool. really looking for here we go. If you're ever really looking for like really, really good food, stay steer clear of like the the smaller chains and the kind of famous steakhouses if you can see a big big building don't go if it's big enough, yeah if there's a big building like yeah don't no, that's don't not true it. there's there's some good places i mean bavettes obviously you can see big buildings right there franklin room franklin but um gt prime i would say like try and look at the neighborhood spots yeah venture the out folklores of the world you know yeah yeah, yeah. venture um, out the blue line the brown line the red line don't take the red line after nine o'clock. Actually, don't go on the red line. Yeah. Don't go on the red don't, line. Yeah. Fact, just don't go on the red line. Don't go on the red line at all. If it's, unless you're above ground on the north side. <laughs> and, that's, and you're carrying a rifle. And even that, just between pretty much Fullerton and uh, Montrose. <laughs> Let's keep it um, But yeah, what a city. Favorite what? meal? Red light chicken. Really? Yeah, seven ninety nine for the greatest fried chicken sandwich I've ever had in my life. Hmm. It's life-changingly good. Deep dish or New York style? No, come on. It's got to be New York. None of that shit. 100%. Oh, the deep 100%. dish is so overrated. I mean, tavern style, sure. But Love me some tavern style. Yeah. There's a really good spot out in um, uh, out by me and Logan. Uh, it's called Apartment. Have you been? No. I think it's called Apartment. Um, I need to double check on that. But it's like does like tavern style. They've got a basketball hoop out there. It's like all very wooden and beautiful. Huh. No, I Bobby, that. I actually went with Bobby. Gonzalez. Um, yeah, Bobby Gonzalez, Bobby G. Oh, one thing I would say. Low-key, fantastic selection of um, burgers here. You know, I know that it's famous for, like, the Ocheval's and stuff of the world, but, like... I would say variety-wise. Oh, for sure. More than pizza. Magnificent. Like, Little Bad Wolf. Yeah. That's the kind of place you want to go, I think. That's Andersonville. Yep. Fantastic up there. Gretel. Gretel's, yeah, same company. Yeah, I mean, also fantastic, though. Um, Loyalist on Ada. For sure. In the West Loop. Um, so, you know, there's so much to be done out here. Sneaky, um, uh, sneaky up-and-comer, Bitter Pops. 
Oh, really? The burger? You haven't had the burger yet? You haven't had the burger. What time's it open? I don't know what time the kitchen opens, but mm. that's too bad. I think I maybe had the burger, actually. The dragon we, the dragon just goes there for the burger. When you um, had uh, Dave over. Filoni? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, listen, for everybody out there, um, yeah, thank you so much for just putting up with me. Mm. You know, I say this to Jake all the time. He's been so patient with me. Um, I'm an absolute nightmare, and I know it. Um, Not really. Thank you, everybody, for showing so much support. Like, I feel like we we had like this, or we've had this beautiful little group of supporters of this podcast. Yeah. Even occasionally, when we find out that like there's loads of people in Spain listening to it, or, or are like, there? Are there? No, you know, like just yeah, yeah. when we get these random countries that pop out the woodwork and listen, like the Lostal one, I think was really listened to in Spain or whatever. I can't remember. Um, Maybe. It's been amazing. Makes so, sense. Thank you, everybody. And um, if you're ever in New York, please, you know, <laughs> let me know. Uh, I'd love to see everybody. I'm looking forward to hanging out with um, Igor more. Uh, All right. And, you know, say hello to my peed friend. I'm sure he'll uh, show you some good whiskey spots. Yeah. Or just um, give you some of his amazing collection of whiskey. Uh, but no, I've I've been really privileged to just be on this pod. It's fucking, it's been unbelievable. In some aspects, it was literally one of the only things that kept me sane going over the pandemic. <laughs> so it's been amazing. So please me both. reach out to me. Give me a call. And if you need any Martingale, if you want to taste um, one of these new style cognacs, give me a call as well. But um, for the last time, I suppose, or one of the last times, maybe, hopefully not the last time. Hopefully this is just see you later. Yeah. And not goodbye. Um, farewell. A farewell. Ciao. Slancha. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, many times you kept me sane too and kept this podcast going because I was like, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? So I uh, appreciate you and appreciate you coming along and just uh, co-hosting with me through all this time. And it's kind of crazy. It's been four years. So Mental. many, many more things to be said, but we'll not uh, bore the listeners ears. But uh, yeah, give Callum a shout and thanks for everybody listening. Might be the last time. Might be the last time. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Cheers.